What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Lockdown Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, a trip to the rumor mill. Talking the latest rumblings about Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams and why a former coach is eyeing his former players a reunion in America's fourth largest city, perhaps. We'll recap the losses to the Spurs and the Bulls. Blazers played Friday and Sunday. Since you last heard me, they lost twice. Uh, We'll talk about both of those games. And then we'll close the show talking about DeAndre Ayton. He's probably played, not probably, the last three games have been the best stretch of his season, season, without a doubt. Um, This was, in some ways, the man who was promised. We'll talk about a rhythm and where it's come from. And uh, we'll have some real optimism in a space where I haven't maybe been very optimistic about dominating mostly frustrating and me hating, etc. Let's do what we do, though. Or actually, we'll do what we do in the second segment. Let's let's hit the rumor mill uh, because it's that time of year. We are You are listening to Monday, January 29th's program. Uh, we are just over a week away from the deadline on February 8th. Uh, next Thursday, not this coming Thursday, but the Thursday after is going to be the trade deadline. So, like, it's here. It's here. Um The noise is noise for a reason, but let's unpack the noise. As reported on Friday, after the show came out, because I record record the night before, there's nothing I can do about little rumors that trickle out the next morning. And we got a classic Friday uh, news from the news brokers and breakers across the league, both Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports and Chris Haynes of Turner Broadcasting and Bleach Report, um, the, the Turner family of products, uh, reported that there is interest in Robert Williams from the Houston Rockets. Uh to be clear, Jake Fisher also said that in addition to the Knicks, who are interested in Malcolm Brogdon, we've talked about how the Knicks just like are so are such an obvious trade candidate for Brogdon after they made some other moves and they have, um, you know, Evan Fournier's contract, yada yada yada. To make it to make it simple, uh, to, to if they need to make that if they need to make a kind of bummer trade happen for the Blazers, a mad trade happen, they have it. But Houston has apparently come forward as a as a potential destination as a team eyeing Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon, of course. Uh, Played for the Celtics, uh, Ime Yodoka, Celtics Connections. Um, so they, they didn't like really cross paths, but they crossed paths because Yudoka was in limbo. Um, but the, the Rockets are at least interested in Brogdon. It's not super easy to make the money work for Malcolm Brogdon's $22 million. Like, let's, let's just, let's, in addition, let's actually get it all out there first, and then I'll walk you through the money. Uh, in addition, both Haynes and and Fisher reported that uh, the that even though he's injured and out for the year, that Udoka specifically is interested in in Rob Williams and then trade and potentially that could be a candidate for trading for Rob Williams while he's out for the year. Intriguing, isn't it? So a couple a couple thoughts on Brogdon. First of all, it's like the money is hard to make it work for for Houston. Um, he would, you know, Jalen Green's really not working out for them there. They need, they could use some shooting. They're like, you know, because of the 
just incredibly fortunate mediocrity from the Blazers perspective of of the Warriors and because the the Lakers can't run away and hide either like the Rockets are just in the hunt they just they they're they're just good enough to be in the hunt and they could make a trade to try to like stay in there and be a team that pursues the playoffs and they've got picks coming their way from the Brooklyn Nets so maybe they just get good and hope that the Nets get bad and that will kind of sort itself out so there's a reason that they would pursue vets I don't see an easy trade for them to get Malcolm Brogdon. I know what you're saying. You're saying, Mike, they've got two young players that I covet because I've seen this on uh, r slash Rip City on the Reddit um, and uh, I got an email about it as well. Uh, only one though. Thanks. For <laughs> Thanks. Um, but the, the, you know, the two young players that Blazer fans covet, it seemed to covet on, on the online, uh, is Tari Eason, young forward and, and Cam Whitmore, 19 year old rookie who just went 20th in the draft. I don't see any world where the Rockets trade Cam Whitmore. Why? Why? Think about it. Why? Why would they do it? It doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. They just drafted him. He's a teenager. He's been better than where his draft slot is. The best thing you could do as a team is get like young, cheap players. Um, there's just no reason to trade Cam Whitmore. Zero, zero. Certainly not for Malcolm Brogdon. It makes less than zero sense. Throw that one out. Tari Eason, you know, he's been hurt for a long time, but he's good, young, valuable player. I, I I can't, I would be surprised if Eason is a, I think he's too good of a, of a prospect to be flipped in a Brogdon trade. So I don't think you're going to get either of those. Um, you're talking the the bad money. Well, you're not, not even the bad money, the expiring money. So Jay Sean Tate, expiring six and a half million dollar contract. Victor Oladipo, expiring nine million dollar contract. Uh, conceivably Jeff Green, but he plays every night, making about nine million bucks. Um you know, if they want to upgrade, you might have to trade vet for vet. But Jeff, Uncle Jeff, I like Uncle Jeff Green. He's just, he's 37. But he's, so it's, he's like a short-term piece, obviously, for anyone. And then conceivably, it was reported way back in November by Michael Scott of Hoopsype that like the the Rockets would use the imminently tradable contract of Jock Landell to, to, to make trades happen. He makes $8 million this year, $8 million next year, $8 million the following season. So two years after this at $8 million a pop, and then a team option for another, you guessed it, $8 million bucks flat over the course of his contract. Like $8 million, super tradable. He's like a functional backup center. He's not excellent by any means, but he's like a totally competent backup center. Um, and the $8 million is like a tradable contract. So you're not getting the young players. You know, Jalen Green is a young player they'd want to trade, but it doesn't really make sense for the Blazers to like green is not the player that they should trade for when they have Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp and, and Scoot. Like they don't need another bad young guard from the G league ignite. They got that covered. They got the, they got the market cornered on that. Um, so the, the, I don't see an obvious appealing deal for Brogdon. But if you take on those expiring contracts and you say, listen, these are just the things to make the money work. What do you got to trade? The the the, the Rockets do have appealing draft picks. They have their own draft pick in 2025, first round pick. They have the Nets draft pick in 2026, and they have the Nets, the right to swap draft picks with the Nets in 2027. I think those Nets picks are too valuable for them to give up straight up. I, I would be, that would be like the thing you'd ask for and they'd say no. So you're probably getting, you're talking second rounders. Um, would you, or, or, or protections on that Houston's pick or protections on that Brooklyn pick, which that Brooklyn 2026 pick is unprotected. Um, I would negotiate for some protections and see what happens, but they've got those picks. They've got um, they've got a, a convoluted uh, 2026 second round pick protected a million different ways, goes here and there and here. They have some, some, you're not going to get the unprotected picks. You're not going to get the young players you want. So you're going to get the money and a type of protected pick. That's like what Brogdon's market is very likely to be. Um, 
I don't see a deal for Houston for Houston and Malcolm Brogdon easily. It could have to be a multi-team deal, and, and maybe it'll happen, and we'll talk about it when it happens. But I don't see it easily, just, just clicking around on the trade machine. A one-to-one swap, I don't see it easily. Rob Williams is more interesting because you can make the money work much easier. He only makes 11 million bucks. Um, he's hurt. He's not going to play. So they're trading for him in the future. And when you're talking about trading a, an injured player, there are two sort of schools of thought here. And I think this is worth considering when you talk about Rob Williams trade value. If Robert Williams was healthy, he would be the type of player that either you keep desperately hold on to because he's really good or you trade because he's really good and could get you a bunch of stuff back as an injured person. You're either trade like trading him as an injured person season-ending knee injury after, you know, a series of just struggles to stay healthy, right? It's just, it's it's been his plight, and it's a bummer because he's really good when he's healthy. Um, but, like, there's two, there's, you're either trading him when his value is lowest because he's out for the season and it's, a, it's not an immediate help, or you're, and, and you're not getting back the return that you could, or you're getting out from under him if, if you know, and the Blazers probably have as good an idea on his medicals as any team in the league, right? Because they're the ones that he, the team he plays for now. Um, that like, if you are worried that Robert Williams never comes back as a player or can't be part of the future, or you don't want to, or you don't have the patience to to use that salary slot to wait, and you want to use, you want a, like for that eleven million bucks and that position on the roster, you want someone to play, and that matters to you for the Blazers. I don't know necessarily why it would, but if it does then maybe trading him now has value organizationally. I don't necessarily know that it does. Those are like, I, I don't even know what I think there. I think you would be trading low and you're going to get limited value. You're not going to get a first round pick back for injured Robert Williams. Um, you're going to get something, like maybe a, a, a two seconds or something to, to that effect and, and the money to make it work. So you're not getting this big haul. You're not getting a big haul for Williams. I don't see it working for Malcolm Brogdon necessarily with with Houston. But I will say this. If two reporters come out on the same day and say that the Houston Rockets are eyeing Robert Williams, there's a reason the the like, hey, the folks are out there trying to, you know, the 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 trade chatter happens for a reason. And I think it is noteworthy that um there is some chatter around the Blazers and not just uh, seemingly weirdly none around Jeremy Grant because they keep signaling they don't want to trade him. Some teams should trade for Jeremy Grant and, and the Blazers should answer the call and trade him. <laughs> they should at least consider it. Um, they should they should answer the call. I know Joe Cronin doesn't have a great track record of always answering the phone, but he should. Um, but it is intriguing to me that the Blazers are mentioned here a week out. Brogdon is like a lock to be traded somewhere. Um, and intriguing to me that they that at least there is either you know rob williams camp wants folks to know that he's that there's interest in him or that the blazers want it out there or, or the rockets want it out there that they're being aggressive in their pursuit like it's out there for a reason um and it's kind of it's sort of quietly come out of nowhere the connection from udoka to uh to rob williams and and um it's worth monitoring we'll see um you're not getting not getting the th- you're not getting all the things you want for rob williams but you might trading him now might be the maximum value because if he's not able to get back to him the player he once was or even just a player period if the if the knee stuff is um if it's longer term and that would be really a big bummer then maybe making the move now makes more sense okay let's talk basketball games Blazers just played two of them over the weekend spurs on friday bulls on sunday neither of them went well for the old pinwheels We'll talk about both of them in the recap, both of them do our fastest recaps in the West uh, in the second segment. Before we do that, I want to tell you about eBay Motors. 
They want to help you build that championship team. They know that it's all about passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home trophies, and it's also what keeps your ride or die on alive. Keeps it on the road. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Whether you need superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, whatever else, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or die every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, baby, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP. Bring home that W. So keep your ride or die alive. eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. Welcome to Super Bowl week and happy Super Bowl week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Uh, we're two weeks out. I'm recording this on Sunday evening. The football games have ended. We have got a crash course for, I guess, Bob Weir versus Taylor Smith or T- Taylor Smith, Taylor Swift. I know who that is. Uh, but we got we got Chiefs, we got Niners, and we got a whole bunch of fun to have over there on FanDuel. So many ways for you to end the season with a W or two Ws or three Ws, and now you can bet on who will win Super Bowl 58. But FanDuel also has bets for who, which players score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and props on everything you could possibly think of. Plus, new customers who join today get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet or more wins. Just join FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Let's do what we do. Fastest recaps in the West. The Blazers went into the weekend with two games, a ro- closing out the road trip in San Antonio, and then back for a little mini homestand. Actually, three games in four nights there in the Moda Center, uh, kicking off with a game against the Chicago Bulls. Let's start in San Antonio. Uh, shout out to my man, Kevin Clabro, who uh, has been sick and not on the broadcast, but he would love to say San Antonio in that uh, game like, you know, 16, 18 times. Uh, Blazers lose 116-110. Malcolm Brogdon did not play in that game with right knee soreness. The Blazers led by 7 after 1, 33-26, but the first quarter did not go great. Jeremy Grant played the first 10 and a half minutes, and then he checked out with back soreness. And then Scoot Henderson came in and played the last 6 minutes, and then he checked out with a left quad contusion. Got got hit in the left quad, bruised up on him, and just couldn't didn't return to play. So... Down Malcolm Brogdon, down Jeremy Grant, down Scoot Henderson after one, but you're up on the scoreboard not for long. Uh, Spurs take a 62-57 lead into the break, and they never trail in the second half. They lead 78-88 after three, uh, led by as many as 18 in the th- in the fourth quarter, and they go on to win 116-110. Uh, Avery Simons was awesome in this game. It was really, really good. Uh, 40 points, hit seven three-pointers, had 10 assists. Um, You know, I thought he was a little sloppy with the ball early, but also, like, he's just playing with no help around him. You know, um, it's like... Just not enough shooting, not enough skill. He goes 7 of 15 from 3. It was a freaking great shooting night from him. The the non-Anthony Simonses... 3 of 22 from 3. We'll talk about this in the second segment. Uh, DeAndre Ayton had 20 points and 12 boards. Uh, that's your fastest recap in the West, if I didn't say it. Uh, 
20 and 12, him and Ant had good chemistry. When when Ant was on the court, DeAndre Ayton looked good. When Ant was off the court, DeAndre Ayton looked bad because they just didn't, they don't have enough guys who can handle the ball. Like they just don't have enough dribblers. And then they, and then, you know, some of the guys that you kind of count on to play a little bit better. Jabari Walker did not play well. The, the one of five and, and had three points. Matisse Thibel had five on one of four shooting from three. Tamani Kamara had 12, but some of that came late. I thought he actually played pretty well. Um, Scoot Anderson, six, but didn't come back. Jeremy Grant, four, but didn't come back. Uh, Duopri, three, but missed both of his, th- missed both of his three-pointers. Um, two for Chris Murray, 0 for six from three, one of nine from the floor. He was horrific on offense. A tough night for him. Justin Maia, scoreless, 0, from th- 0 for three uh, from three. Ryan Rupert hit a late corner three. He finished with three points. And Taze Moore came in and got two shots up in 75 seconds and finished with two points. Uh, on the other side, the... <laughs> Jeremy Zohan was freaking good in this game. 31 points, 14 boards, uh, 23 points, and 12 rebounds for Big Vic Wemby. 15 for Devin Vassell. Julian Champagny had five. Trey Jones, nine. Keldon Johnson, 21 off the bench. Uh, Jetty Osman had seven. Four and uh, four and four fouls for uh, Zach Collins, um, who, who finished with... It was really active and good, but it was just like a classic Zach Collins night. Um Scoreless for Doug McDermott, uh, scoreless for Mamu, and Blake Wesley finished with one. Um, yeah, I don't, there's not much to say about this game. They couldn't make shots. Three of 22 for non-Amphrey Simons is, you can't spread the floor and do anything. Like, there's just like, there's what what can the coach cook up if, like, you cook up plays and you pass it to the wing and you run in transition and hit it to the wing and dudes just shoot bricks. It's just like, they don't have enough creators. Like, they just don't have enough players who can dribble when they're that shorthanded. And then it's like, okay, so Ant create everything and then we'll space around him. Well, the spacers went three of 22 from three. I don't think they were... Um, I think they just got out talented in the end of this game. They got the the Spurs were too big. Like the Spurs size was a problem. Even in the non Wemby minutes, the 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 Zach Collins and uh, Sohan front line gave the Blazers problem uh, problems. Excuse me. Blazers turned the ball over fifteen times. Um, you know you're just not you're just not going to win. Um, Ant was really good. Da was really good. And then you're at such a talent deficit after those two gentlemen that it, we just you lose. I will say uh, the. the the Spurs were favored in this game coming in, and I thought it was a little bit weird. And then Malcolm Brogdon, you know, didn't play. And I was like, well, I, I guess I could see if, you know, favored on the road, end of, end of a road trip. And then when Jeremy Grant and Scoot Henderson got hurt, I was like, Vegas knew. They always know. Okay, Sunday night. Um, Blazers, this is your fast recap on the Westford Bulls. 104 96 Chicago wins this one. Blazers down 23-26 after one and 42-53 at halftime. Did not take a lead. In the first half, trailed trailed the entire first half. Um, they gave up a dunk in the opening two seconds of the game off the, off the tip. They gave up a dunk um, to Iodasomu, and uh, he said that he was so open coming off of that. He told reporters, um, um, <laughs> said he, he, he told Chicago media that he was he was so open off the tip off that he thought he was going to the wrong basket, like a third grade basketball game. Um, it didn't, it started poorly, but everybody came back in this one. Malcolm was back. Scoot was back. Jeremy Grant was back. Um, Amphrey Simons came into this game listed as questionable with right knee soreness. He played. Jabari Walker came into this game listed as questionable with left knee soreness. He played. So this is your full complement of dudes for the most part. You know, everyone's coming off injured list, bumps and bruises. It's that time of year for bumps and bruises, but you got everybody. You can run your preferred lineups and you go out there and, and do it. And you're down 23, 26, after one you're down 42 53 at the break but they hung in there and when jeremy grant hit a free throw with two minutes and 12 seconds left in the third quarter they take their first lead of the game led by one twice in the closing two minutes of the third quarter found themselves down 75 76 heading in the fourth quarter 
Never led again. Did not have a lead in the fourth. Uh, but it got close. Cut the lead to three twice in the closing minutes. Uh, one, when Matisse Leibel hit like a runny, running lefty floater hook. Um, awesome. Awesome shot from Tease. He cut the lead to 94-97 with a minute 37 left. And then uh, after after some DeRozan free throws, Amphrey Simons gets a rebound off a Kobe, off a Kobe White miss, pushed the other way quickly in transition, doesn't wait. You know, um, he, he gets a screen, says, you can't guard me, Nikola Vucevic, gets himself to all the way to the rack, cuts it to three, 40 seconds left. The Blazers need to play defense for one possession, get a rebound, score. And that that'll be the game, and they don't. They they kind of send a soft double team to DeRozan, get the ball out of his hands. He finds uh, Vucevic eventually on the right wing, and they send it like a kind of a soft double to him in on, on maybe at 17 feet, kind of on the baseline, uh, and he just kicks the ball back to Io Sumu and Io cash money. Bulls go up by six with 21 seconds left, and that's your ball game. You're in scramble mode. Blazers can't scramble and get it done. Blazers lose 104-96. That's your fastest recap in the West. You know, to the box score we go real quick. Jeremy Grant, 24. DeAndre Ayton and, and seven boards. DeAndre Ayton, 22 and 12. Another really good game for him. Amphrey Simons, 11 points on 4-15 shooting. He was not good. Um, and they, they doubled him all freaking night. And then everybody missed shots. The Blazers went 6 of 33 from 3. It's really hard for Ant because, you know, he needs to accept the double teams. Part of it is like... Um, spray out to shooters like with Brogdon and and it's one thing when you don't have shooters on the court but when you have Brogdon and you have and you have Jeremy Grant on the court like you know and Jabari Walker just has to shoot if he's going to play he has to shoot and he's in there it's like and Matisse Thibel he can shoot it's like if you're going to spread the court with your veteran shooters Jabari Walker a young veteran but like Ant getting blitz and double team, you know, he obviously Alex Crusoe is a really good defender and they would send a second guy at him. So it was like, it was going to be tough on Ant. This is a tough game for him, but to, accepting a double team, get the ball out of your hands is a way to like open stuff up. See DeAndre in stat line. But if you shoot bricks behind him, then you just don't ever have to think twice about double teaming. You know, you don't have to say, okay, well, we keep leaving these guys. You know, he's they, they're creating open looks and shooting bricks. Six of 33 from three. Um, you know, just, just a... Just a gr- just a gross night. Um, after a gross shooting night on 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 Friday, uh, sixteen and six, 16, six and six from Malcolm Brogdon, uh, just what he does. Seven for Matisse Thybul, four for Scoot Henderson, three for Duop Reith. Blazers basically played eight guys. Uh, and Tumani Kamara came in for one little defensive stretch, uh, played two minutes and 48 seconds off the bench and scored two points. Uh, on the Bulls' side, 20 for DeMar DeRozan, 15 for Kobe White to go with five boards and nine assists, 11 for Io DeSumo, uh, along with five rebounds, nine for Alex Caruso, including five boards and three assists. Uh, Vucevic, 14 and seven off the bench. Andre Drummond had 15 and seven. 11 for Julian Phillips, a rookie from Tennessee, who I thought looked really good in this game. Javon Carter had six, and Dalen Terry had three three um yeah i don't know that there's much to say about this one they didn't they've just had some they're not a very good offensive team that had some stinkers on offense um they kind of need to be competitive they need their best guys to play really well and on a night where balcom brogdon and amfrey simons to go eight combined to go eight for 28 you're gonna lose i think it's 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 pretty much that simple um you know they 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 didn't turn the the Bulls only had five turnovers to their four. They lost the possession game, but like it's 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 
if you shoot six of 33 from three and you turn the ball over, it's going to be tough. And it really came down to needing, you know, uh, they were within a, a bucket or two in the final 30 seconds. And they, it was, it was tough. Like that's the mar the margin becomes pretty slim. Uh, but you know, I want to talk about DA every, or excuse me, Deandre Ayton has been good. Um, the last three games, the best stretch of his season by far, the man we were promised has arrived. Let's, let's talk about what we've seen from DA and how his chemistry with Ant is kind of fueling this whole thing. But first I want to tell you about a new sponsor for the program. It's quiz. They want to let you have fun by being someone who knows a bunch about sports. And if you listen to this podcast, quiz might be for you. That's quiz with three eyes is the next generation for your trivia experience. It's also the world's first platform where you can earn money playing knowledge games. And for you, the locked on Blazers listener, they create an NBA quiz game where you can test your knowledge and win real cash, play with friends, or you can play with other fans and let your knowledge shine all the way to the bank. You can play without downloading anything. Just go to app.quiz.com. That's quiz with three eyes. Start playing today. NBA quiz is the ultimate knowledge challenge for fans that live and breathe basketball. Quiz to get you started, the base level questions are things like, who's the Blazers mascot? You know, it's your boy Blaze and Douglas Fur. It's what building do the Blazers play in and who holds the franchise record for most points? That's Damian Lord, who we'll see later this week back in the building. But once you build up from there, once you once you nail that first round of questions, it gets a little bit tougher. So why don't you go to app.quiz to test your knowledge and win cash today. That's quiz with three eyes, just like a three-pointer. Play now, showcase your skills, and take home cash prizes. App.quiz.com, where fans become champions. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. DeAndre Aiden's last three games, 18 and 17, 20 and 12, 22 and 12. Coming into this stretch, he hadn't had 16 or more points in back-to-back games at any point this season. He's hooping. He's playing well. He's playing well. Um, you know, against San Antonio, he was one of the few bright spots. You know, I... I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna say this and then and then move on from it because I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring the positivity here. Um, DeAndre Ayton leaves a little meat on the bone, a little too much meat on the bone for me. I, even when he plays well, I feel like he could do more. And I felt like, um, quite frankly, listening to the Blazers broadcast, they kind of hinted at that tonight. But um, but uh, you know, he was solid against the Spurs, undeniable. Twenty points on ten of seventeen shooting. 12 boards, two assists, two steals. Um, you know, he he held his own against Victor Wembanyama. He's he wasn't like he wasn't dominant best player on the court. That was Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons had 40 and 10. <laughs> he was he was great. 40 and 10 for Ant. He was great. Followed up with a bummer on Sunday, but he was Ant was so good on Friday night. He he kept the Blazers at least in shouting distance when they were so light light on on healthy bodies. But when Ant and DA played together, when they shared the court, they looked good against the Spurs. Their pick and roll chemistry is better. DA has, you know, is developing a sense of he wants to short roll. Like I, I'm not complimenting that. Okay, positivity, positivity. He wants to short roll. He wants to stop in the mid range, right? Like that's his comfort zone. But when you, when when he's get when there is a double team on Ant, that's a, that's where he's supposed to stop. So it, like it 
it works for both parties. Um, I think his decision making has been a little bit faster. He had a couple plays against, um, you know, in, in the Spurs game where he just like he, he flashes his good footwork where he gets good balance and can drop step and get himself space. And, you know, he wants to take jumpers and set, getting your feet in in position to take good, clean jumpers that you can make and hook right-handed hook shots you can make. DA is capable of it if he takes his time and then, and like plays with, plays with focus. It's not always force, but focus, like don't rush, don't leave it short. Don't like, you know, he has such good touch that if he, he plays in rhythm and plays in, in sort of in really in rhythm, then he can, then he can be, he can be a really solid offensive player. He needs help. I think that is undeniably clear. Like the best version of DeAndre Ayton was the dude who played with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, right? Um, and 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 Devin Booker during his ascension, like really good teammates who can brought the best out of DA. And when he's been on the Blazers with worse teammates, he's looked worse. But he just hasn't played with Avery Simons that much. And as they continue to play more together and continue to sort of develop that chemistry, I think we can get more of this. Is it a little frustrating that's happening in the second half of the season? Sure, but like. This is where we are. Embrace where you're at. And this is where you're at with DA with 18 and 17, 20 and 12, 22 and 12 and three straight games. His first time all year he scored 20 in back-to-back games. But like I said, first time all year he scored 16 or more in back-to-back games. Uh, I, th- I thought against the Bulls he was he was really solid again. 22 on 9 of 12. Um, you know, he's, he's not crushing the offensive glass, but I think the Blazers... Everybody crashes so hard on the Blazers that they give up transition points. So I'm not going to really. Da, you, you can you can get back because nobody else is. Um, so it, you know I'm not going to knock him for that. He was solid. He was solid, and he and he had four dunks in the game. They they ran a little dribble handoff like where he slipped for a lob. They run this dribble weave weave handoff thing they've been running to kind of get give a couple options or at least make the defense think before they get into basically a high pick and roll play. And and Da read it and and slipped to the rim early against uh, against the Bulls and got and got a dunk off a pass from Anthony Simons. Like their chemistry is growing. His his he's a lob threat. Uh, Scoot threw him a really nice lob play where he kind of waited, 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 and then and then hung in the air and threw one to him. Um, like he can be a guy who finishes above the rim. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna dunk five times a game. Like it's just not who he is. You know, he caught one in the post against uh, against Vucevic, and he kind of could have gone up right away, but he kind of hesitated, was worried about getting blocked, and ended up, um, you know, getting to the free, end up going to the free throw line and not scoring on it, um, or ended up getting, ended up not get not scoring the bucket and going to the free throw line. But like, um, he's. He needs he needs to play with your best pick and roll players. Him and Malcolm Brogdon haven't found it yet because I think uh, Brog doesn't demand the sort of attention that that Amphrey Simons does. But Ann and Da have a have a chemistry, and to me that is meaningful if only because they're part of what's next. Maybe not like long term, long tail, but like these two dudes are going to be on the team in the second half of the season post trade deadline. They're almost certainly going to be on the team when when the rosters open up next, when the camp opens up next fall. Like these are going to be two of your best players when the season starts next year, and having them play well together is an undeniable positive. I've been frustrated and down on DA a lot this year. Like for sure, if you listen to this podcast, I have struggled to say nice things about him because I've been frustrated. I just am frustrated watching him play. Like I said, leaves a lot of meat on the bone. I got to shut up about that right now because this is the best stretch he's played. It's the best stretch he's played. And he's just like, this is what I thought we might get early in the season. It's like, hey, 
he's just going to be productive. Like he's just going to fill up the box score. He's going to have 20 and 12 because he's capable of it. And then, you know, and there'll be some bumps and warts and things along the way, just like with, you know, any player like Amphrey Simons has 40 and 10 as a bad game on Sunday. It's like there's bumps and there's bumps and bruises along the way. But I thought, I thought the production was always going to be there and it was going to be the littler stuff with DA. Well, the production is getting there. And if this was just like not enough time playing with the the best pick and roll partner on the team and a, and a, and an offensive uh, game plan from the coaching staff that didn't maximize him couldn't figure out how to maximize him under any other way but if the way it was going to be was him running pick and rolls with ant well guess what they're both healthy they can run pick and rolls and we're getting the best version of da so you know celebrate it like i said when when good things happen to this particular team at this particular stage hold on to your joy um and and da is he's playing well he's playing the best stretch of his um of his career and the reward he gets is a game against joel Embiid, probably and then Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez, probably. Um, tough stretch for the Blazers coming up. Fun games against Philly and uh, Philly and Milwaukee. I'll be covered for the game against uh, the Sixers. Uh, look for that one in your feed t- tomorrow. A recap of that one. Uh, and then on... Uh, That'll be on Tuesday show and then Wednesday show ahead of the game against the Bucks uh, crossover episode with the good folks at Locked On Bucks talking about what we've seen from Dame and kind of previewing that matchup. It'll be that one you will not want to miss. And then after Damian Lord's return, we'll talk about everything that happened in the arena that night. Damian Lord back in the building on Thursday show. That's a full week of shows and Friday we'll round up the latest trade rumors. How's that sound? A couple good basketball games, an interview, and then your latest trade news. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Tell your friends about the program. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.